welcome to the Mudhorn Clan Cast on the Fangirl Zone. I am Beskar Dave. I am Sean Fangirls. And I'm Steve, and today we're talking about Episode 4 of Season 1 of Obi-Wan Kenobi, titled Part 4. Written by Jacoby Harold, Haseen Amini, and Stuart Beatty, and directed by Deborah Chow. Wow, these titles, they're so in depth. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Wait till you see the recap. <laughs> Deborah Chow's too busy to come up with a title. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sure everyone has a reaction. Any re- uh, initial reactions from, let's say, Sean? Oh, my goodness. So, yes. I am just loving how we're getting all this backstory, but I'm still like, what is going on with this? I feel like it's kind of messing with what we know of the original trilogy. I'm just getting a little confused, but I really did like this, and I'm really excited to see what's going to happen, and I know we don't have that many more episodes, so I'm like kind of edge of my seat white-knuckling it through this right now. (laughs) Yeah, this was the... uh... Obi-Wan gets his groove back episode. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I'm right there with you, Sean. It, we're starting to get into a territory where, yeah, A New Hope is going to be affected because Leah and Obi are getting awfully close and we just don't know that in New Hope. So is he going to do a, a Jedi mind wipe of her? Now and that may be the only watching New Hope thing yesterday to say. I was like scratching my head thinking about this. So I'm glad that you you are kind of on the same page with me there. Yep. But yeah, it was nice to see Obi finally starting to look a little bit more like Obi and get some of his power back. So at least in the next two episodes, he might have a chance against Vader. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Yeah. Yeah, I was just thinking ahead because when he finally meets Vader. And a new hope. He's gotten to a stage where he can just become poof. Yeah. <laughs> poof worthy. <laughs> like ninja smoke? I mean, what you Yeah. Yeah, this was not one of my favorite episodes. It was just way too convenient for me. This is too many convenient things happen. Like, for example, uh, the Tyler's entire. Co- yes, the entire episode. Yes, the entire episode. <laughs> There's so too many things. Like, where the heck was Darth Vader through all this? In his back to tank. On Mustafa. <sighs> oh, no, I don't think so. <laughs> you don't think so? You think no. he was actually in the fortress? I yeah. don't think he was well, there. Isn't that the first? No, place he would I go? wouldn't think so. I think so, if he yeah, was in the obviously fortress, obviously he wasn't there. He was, he was wearing some. I expected to see him wearing some Tommy Bahama shorts. Yeah. When he came back. <laughs> Hawaiian shirt. Everyone else goes there, including the people they want. Yes, know? but not him. He's in his back of tank. Uh, it didn't even show that, so I'd say no. <laughs> That's just too convenient. No, yeah. I was disappointed. Yeah, the stormtroopers just got ridiculously dumb. (laughs) No one noticed the absence of that trooper, you know, and no one notices the absence of Tala, missing officer. That should show up in someone's report. You always report. I mean, they're always still on the planet trying to find them, see if they're dead or something. Still yeah. combing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's not our job to make excuses for for the writing. Though. So, yeah, yeah. We can't a come up here. Yeah, I know. We can we can take leaps and form tinfoil hat theories and trying to fill in our the blanks ourselves, but we shouldn't have to really, especially when there's only six episodes. It should be a little tighter than that. That's just me, you know. I'm putting on my black robes and my helmet, and I'm walking. Yeah. <laughs> well, come on, the long coat thing on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That looked totally normal. Come on. Okay, leaping ahead. When Reva is interrogating Leia, she goes, wow, you're strong. And I'm like, that's not a clue for you? Yeah. Come on. No one knows. Okay. 
<laughs> She's supposed to be so, one of the most perceptive ones there. And it's, you can't uh, get into this kid's head. Guess why? Is she? Because she just seems really whiny. I'm sorry. I mean, oh, I'm down with the character. But she just, Are you talking about Reba? Yes. She's yeah. not coming off strong. She's coming off like a bully and whiny half the time. Yeah, I don't like that either. But she's supposed to be the most too. clever one, too. Yeah. She's supposed to be clever by putting a tracker or alert in the, in the toy. Lola. I don't know. That's taking an awfully big chance. Yeah. yeah. The plan she was getting away. And as we all know, Vader wasn't too happy with that. Well, that goes back to the previous out. episode when people were making episode, uh, excuses for Darth Vader. Well... They, they are, they do have a pass, and that's why he let him go. Yeah, so why was he so angry in this episode that he got away? Right. Yeah. <laughs> all right, rant over. <laughs> so we all know this wasn't Dave's favorite. Yeah. So let's jump in and find out why it wasn't his favorite. <laughs> episode 4, Obi-Wan Kenobi plots a daring mission into enemy territory. So in-depth. So yes. in-depth there. <laughs> yes. They hired some sci-fi writers for... Uh... <laughs> Okay. Their uh, <laughs> recaps. Well, thanks to Darth Vader being hella dramatic and attempting to burn <laughs> Obi-Wan a la what happened to him on Mustafar, episode four begins with Kenobi being carried to a back-to-tank for healing. And while the burns are pretty bad, Anakin remains his deepest wound. It wasn't a soothing bath, but rather a total nightmare for Kenobi as he replayed scenes from their most recent encounter in his head. That is juxtaposed against the scenes of Vader in his own back-to-tank, tending to his year-old burns from their battle on the lava planet. The thrashing Jedi eventually reaches for air and immediately asks where Leia was. Cut to the young princess being held captive at the Fortress Inquisitorius. Not phased by Reva, who was demanding intel on the path. Vengeful Inquisitor told Leah that Obi-Wan burned to death on a Mapuzo and that no one is coming for her. But Leah is too strong-willed, even thwarting Reva's attempts to get into her mind and dropping this sassy line, Is this a staring contest? I was cracking up. <laughs> that was awesome. I was cracking up. But, I mean, really, at this point, what is the kid supposed to know? You think that yeah. like, listen, we're going to tell you everything. Sit down. No, it was like, hey, follow this. That was about all they told her. Yeah. Meanwhile, Tala's associate Roken, played by O'Shea Jackson Jr., wanted Obi-Wan gone from the Jabim hideout since the Empire is looking for him, and that puts their whole operation at risk. Former Jedi Master is focused on finding Leia, who was taken to the Inquisitor's base of operations on Noor, a water moon located in the Mustafar system. See, they're in the same system. Yeah, at least the same system. So Tala volunteered to help Obi-Wan get inside the fortress and was nearly caught while trying to pass through a security check. But after pulling rank and claiming to possess confidential intel, she made it through. And I had I a problem that with that, attitude. too. Oh, if you're going to check in. Oh, checking in. I would say, I love the attitude. Oh, yeah. yeah. Because <laughs> I outrank you. <laughs> the one thing that we have learned, and we, I mean me, if you act like you know where you're going, you're usually left alone. And I had an issue trying and. I was legit in the right place, so don't get me wrong. <laughs> but I had somebody going, you got to go all the way over here. I'm like, no, this is what's on the paper. This is where I'm supposed to be. Right. And then I was running late, so I was mad at everybody, mostly myself. But then it was like, oh, oh, okay. And it's like, mm-hmm, bye. So I kind of felt, <laughs> I felt her vibes right there. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's what you do. And then they usually back down. Not that I'm telling anybody to do this, because Ooh. that would be really bad. <laughs> 
I'm just saying, I feel it because it's like, yeah, you're trying to do what you got to do. And you got somebody in there going, no, 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 you're not supposed to be here. I got to call and tattle on you. Sorry. Okay. Rant over. (laughs) Okay. Rant continues. So if she's missing on one planet and hasn't reported in, then she shows up in the system on another planet. Doesn't that wave some red flags? <laughs> I understand what you're saying, but if if she's supposed to be like the ranking officer on the other planet, I yeah, mean, who's reporting her missing? Right. I'm just throwing anybody that out there. At headquarters, even a corporal, a sergeant level. You know, she's she has to report back. I don't know how ranking ranking she is, but if she is, uh, that should set off red flags that she hasn't reported back in, especially if she's ranking. And then she shows up on another planet in the system. We all know fascists like have uh, accountability for everyone. At least they should, because, you know, that's the way a police state works. Right. <laughs> so anyway, we a lot of a lot of the fanboys and girls loved Kenobi swimming. <laughs> Kenobi, meanwhile, swam under the sea like Ariel tore then. Pretty clever this time, Steve. An entry port Tala overrode to allow him inside. Their plans nearly went up in flames when Tala... Were you being clever there? Swimming in flames? Yeah. <laughs> when Tala was confronted by his... Curious officer, but she secretly took him down, resumed her position, and nobody found him missing. I'm trying yeah. to figure out how the people next to her aren't like, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> She's like, One yeah. of them did give her a side eye. Yeah. Didn't yeah. question it or nothing. Just kind of went, okay. Right. I mean, she's like, <laughs> you know, it's like whispering into this thing. And they're not exactly super quiet. I mean, I get it. They're trying to tell us like, okay, this is the conversation, but she's being very quiet, talking normally. And why is it every time there's freaking little, I don't know, I'm going to call them a walkie-talkie, even though it's not, goes off. <laughs> it's always, like, the worst time. Yeah. <laughs> a flashback to 3PO. Yeah. So in passing, stormtroopers overheard Tyler's calling to Obi-Wan. He used the force to direct them elsewhere. Back in interrogation, Reva tried a different approach with Leia and assured her young captive that they're on the same side. I think every kid in the world looks can see right through that. Right? Yeah. Leia didn't fall for it, though, so the Inquisitor opted for torture instead. Walking through, that's very adult. Walking through a door, dark room with dimly lit tank, Obi-Wan realizes the fortress isn't so much a stronghold as it is a tomb, as he passes body after body of those murdered by agents of the Empire, including Jedi Master Tara Sanug and a young Padawan. That was brutal. Yeah, Oh my tilting. gosh, I was thinking the same thing, seeing that kid. It's like, was that the same kid that ran off because he's wearing the helmet still? Was yeah, they have him in. It looks like they have him in mid. Like I know his mouth is open, is like stunned or something. Kind of remind me what? of. I'm like, are they in amber? What is this? Yeah, yes. remind me of fringe. Fringe of being stuck <laughs> in amber. Exactly. So as Reva braced to torture Leia, she was interrupted by an urgent message from Tala and left the room. Cue Obi Wan sneaking in and rescuing the scared ten year old who was relieved to see that he is in fact alive in another room. Tala told Reva that Obi Wan was on Florum, but the Inquisitor was suspicious since Obi-Wan and Leia escaped through the alleged officer's checkpoint, and she accused Tala of being a spy. At least somebody (laughs) has a little perception. When Tala insisted she was spying on the Jedi rebels and not working with them, Reva sent her for interrogation. Good move. Yeah. (laughs) Of course I'm a spy. It's like, what? It took me a second. Of course Leia's escape facilitated by a lightsaber. Ringing Obi-Wan sounded off the alarm. Can I just ask real quick? Okay, the lights were cut, but don't the stormtroopers have, like, night vision in their helmet? <laughs> you would think. <laughs> Maybe it's the wrong helmet? I don't know. Yeah. 
and both Leia and her Jedi friend found themselves racing through the halls trying to evade stormtroopers. Yeah, everybody was coming. It's like, what, there's a certain alarm for a certain area? What was that? But anyway, Obi-Wan finally got his own epic hallway scene. Take that, Beta. Deflecting blasters and taking down uniformed soldiers with the confidence that seemed long gone. Uh, I'm going to have to disagree with you. I I didn't feel like it was very confident. Yeah. Uh, He did throw his signature lightsaber twirl in there, which old memories of Kenobi and everybody gets to go, hey, he did the thing. Alas, big surprise, because this hallway is underwater. There is an underwater window that was cracked by blaster fire. Who puts a a window underwater? (laughs) Yeah. Thank you. you. I'm feeling like "Mm, this should have been like, I don't know more like well enforced i don't know like the flashers aren't supposed to shoot there i don't know there's like things i was thinking that should have been done and not done in that area and during the fight obi-wan does use the force though to hold off its shattering until leia and tala who fought her way back to them were in the clear only then did he flood the hallways and drown many a stormtrooper making it out just in time to join his companions i would have kind of liked the water to push him through the door like to show how yes <laughs> i think we should come up with a list of how many waves stormtroopers have died yeah <laughs> <laughs> through everything that was falling yeah. screaming cut in half drowned shot falling Eaten. off something without a leg i mean without a handrail that's like number one oh yeah they fall off everything and scream yeah <laughs> in all the chaos though no one notices obi-wan's terrible disguise i mean is it two kids on top of each other at this point? yes <laughs> well heading to the egress an officer's hat he looks like an officer this right, looking yeah. guy and young leia hiding under this oversized trench coat <laughs> where did the trench coat come from i know she's like here Tala's like put this on but right. why is the dude wearing a trench coat like, <laughs> i still couldn't figure that part out but anyway. no <laughs> Yeah, I love it. It's like, just stay close. Yeah, th- he looks totally normal, guys. Just, I don't know. That was the weirdest little thing. But hey, at least it wasn't some big elaborate disguise where everyone would have been like, how did he have time to do that? To the right. disguise service in an R2 unit. Right. Yeah. right? <laughs> so, I mean, I guess we get one or the other. Bad or really great. And either way, it's like, but Reva caught the trio, big surprise, trying to escape via the flight deck and cornered them until their starfighters piloted by Tala and Roken's pals, open fire. All three were able to get inside of one fighter. I feel like those really small. That would have been yes. okay. <laughs> Thankfully, it was only for a few moments, but they did not all get away because Reva was able to take down the other fighter. And Fifth Brother was not pleased. And neither was the arriving Vader, who held Reva in the force chokehold. Yay, it's back. And was ready for the kill. But Reva managed to utter that she allowed Obi-Wan to escape. Did you, though? Did yeah. you? <laughs> she would have to have foreknowledge of those two feeders showing up. Right. right. And then she also was ruined her own plan by having them shot down. So, <laughs> come on. Because, as mentioned earlier, there was a tracker put. And so they can find where the path's base of operations is. Where he goes, it will follow. Ultramatic. Aboard a freight transport, Roken was sad to learn that their friend Wade was killed in action. I swear I thought they were saying Wedge. I'm like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, well, that's the cost of war. And then we had that little touching moment where Leia placed her hand on top of Obi-Wan and they sit in silence. 
unaware that Reva's tracker is in fact hidden inside of Lola. Dun dun dun. <laughs> so if they're smart enough to put a tracker in Lola, aren't they smart enough to get that escape ship from the previous episode and just, you know, reverse the course and go in the ship's log? Right. And follow back down the path to the wherever they're going. Well, that would make sense, but the path yeah, would. would have just led to, oh, you know, that one base. I'm thinking it would just yeah. lead back to the planet where Vader was, but yeah, I forgot they had a pit stop. Easter eggs, Easter eggs, Easter eggs. <laughs> Easter egg song. Obi-Wan Kenobi is dunked in a back to tank. I don't know if you guys noticed this in the background. It was one of those things, those metal you know, targets they hit with a baseball and he's dropped in the tank. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder how many turns everyone took to get him in there. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh, no. I was like, at first, I was like, wait. No, at first, I was like, wait, what was back? I'm like, oh. Oh, (laughs) So, after part three ended with Ewan McGregor's Obi Wan Kenobi badly burned at the hands of Darth Vader, part four begins with Tala and her allies submerging the Mapuzo fried Jedi in a back to tank. These healing chambers were featured throughout the Star Wars franchise in a variety of shapes, but the design seemed in Obi Wan Kenobi episode four copies Luke Skywalker's back to tank in The Empire Strikes Back. The episode's direction and framing then pays homage to the original trilogy by closely mirroring Luca's back intent scene on Hoth. Yeah, it did. Totally. And also, it got vibes of, like, everyone got vibes of Leia's interrogation back on, uh, from uh, Copies of New Hope. Captured mm-hmm. by Imperial Inquisitors, young Princess Leia sits cuffed in a interrogation room pleading with stormtroopers about how her father is a senator and she's a princess from Alderaan. That was so cute. The scene directly parallels Carrie Fisher's layers imprisoned aboard the Death Star in A New Hope in her famous line, I'm a member of the Imperial Senate on a diplomatic mission to Alderaan. Is that counted for nothing? Yep. <laughs> Didn't do anything for either time. Yep. Who's the one in handcuffs? Anyway, Obi-Wan yeah. Kenobi mentions Nur. When Obi-Wan, Tala, and their path allies hatch a plan to infiltrate the Fortress Inquisitoris, O'Shea Jackson's Roken brings up a holographic map of the water moon Nur, where the imposing hideout is located. So we visited the live-action fortress Inquisitoris before on Disney+. Plus. Obi-Wan Kenobi's episode 4 marks the first direct mention of Nur, which was introduced to Star Wars canon by Jedi Fallen Order video game. And I see more and more cuts from that video game yes. on YouTube these days. <laughs> so we got some T-47s from The Empire Strikes Back. The path possesses a couple of, well, one now, of T-47 speeders. Yeah, I can't waste those things. No. These iconic light vehicles were first seen in The Empire Strikes Back, famously used by Luke Skywalker and his fellow rebels to take down the At-Ats during the Battle of Hoth. The modified versions are commonly known as snowspeeders. I, I saw a lot that so Obi-Wan Kenobi is the one who used them on the offense the first time, even though they show up in nowhere. I mean, could, you can trace Empire Strikes Back snowspeeders scenes all the way back to here and using them in combat and getting people out, although I, they still haven't explained how they got everyone jammed into the book. Backseat of that thing. Yes. It, it was just very uncomfortable, and everybody was on each other's lap and smush, is what it was. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That poor girl was pretty heartbroken. Wade's gone. Probably, like, her man. Come on. Yep. I guess. I, I want to say, though, too, when we see them go into the uh, the transport, like, I had a moment, I'm like, is that supposed to be the ghost? Like, so I had to wait a second. Sure. <laughs> I was like, wait, are they trying to pull in a rebel somehow? What's going on here? Well, also, we got Obi-Wan Kenobi's Episode 4 Easter Eggs make several references aimed at purely towards Star Wars to Clone Wars fans, and the first comes when Reva mentions Balnab as a source of intelligence on the path. This planet first appeared in Nomad Droids, a Season 4 episode of the animated series before resurfacing 
in the 2019 Han Solo comic book adventure. They are no, they thinking must... so many things. Don't even know how to keep track of everything. <laughs> <laughs> I know that that book that book must be so thick. You, you can stand on it just to get something out of your uh, <laughs> some cookies on a top shelf or something. <laughs> so Obi Wan Kenobi's visit to the Fortress Inquisitoris demands a, a crowd of your standard stormtroopers and Imperial officers, but several unique variations hide among the white and gray throng. Ooh, I almost read thong. <laughs> <laughs> That's a hangar area. That would only be me. In the hangar area, Talon walks past Imperial Starfighter pilots, known for flying TIE fighters in the Star Wars original trilogy. Obi-Wan Kenobi later faces a stormtrooper squadron whose commander wears a black armor with a red shoulder plate. Though the helmet design is slightly altered, these are very like purge troopers, serving directly under the Inquisitor's purge troopers previously starred in the Marvel's Darth Vader comic series and Jedi Fallen Order. Awesome. I can some... start playing the video game soon. Yeah. should pick it up again. I got stuck in like, that's it, I quit. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just cheat and get back to it. No Obi-Wan Kenobi Easter egg hall would be complete without the props from the Star Wars original trilogy. <laughs> the white handheld <laughs> communicators Obi-Wan and Tala talk to are comlinks. First seen in A New Hope when Tala gets asked for identification by the imperative security officer, the pen-like objects he subsequently hands over as a code cylinder. These are dates back to 1977 and were carried by Imperial officers' breast pockets. Am I imagining this, or did these uh, have a cord connected to them at one point, or were they always hands-free or cord-free? I thought it was cord-free, because I always yeah. thought those were pens. <laughs> Until we finally see them used in, oh, I don't even remember which one. I thought it was one of the cartoons, actually, that we see it actually used. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> it's not a pen. I got it. <laughs> But no, I think they were always, like, cord-free. Yeah, like, even the one that uh, Han Solo used when he said his very stupid or silly conversation when they rescued Leia. I'm fine, <laughs> how are you? <laughs> no, that was just him hitting something on the operations board there. Like, he was talking into a microphone for that one. Yeah. yeah. And he shoots it. Yeah. Because <laughs> otherwise, like, why would he shoot it? He'd just throw it away or something. It was just in his hand. I think he would shoot anything anyway. No, that's Screw true. it. It's Solo. Yeah, you never know. So. We see Obi-Wan swimming into a fortress inquisitory, using some kind of mouth device to breathe underwater, which we did happen to see before, the same metallic contraption featured in Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace, when Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon Jinn swim down to, oh god, what was that place? Octagunga? Oh, Gunga. Gunga. Gunga? Gunga. The Gunga area. Lady Gaga, what? On the who? When they went down. After something was trying to eat the ship at one point, but Obi-Wan infiltrating Fortress Inquisitorius unnoticed. Well, I'm sorry, that was more Tala, but Obi-Wan as well. It's no easy task, but Obi-Wan manages to approach from underwater. Star Wars Easter egg nods once again towards Jedi Fallen Order as Cal Kestis also sneaks into Empire Stronghold by swimming up through a vent. Is it just me, or is like physics not in play here? Because... <laughs> If it's like a watertight door, wouldn't you have to pressurize the room or something? Like, I'm watching this going, either they're lying to me, or every movie about underwater has been lying to me. I don't yes. know what it is. It's like the old type of diving bells, or just a, a glass turned upside down. You capture the air as you slowly lower it in the water, and the pressure keeps the water down. Right. Oh, okay. Right. Sure. Right. Sure. When Tala is called away from her station by that suspicious colleague, she leaves her comlink abandoned on the desk. 
Obi-Wan can be heard still shouting on the other end. How about we don't yell? Okay, yes. That, that's my first thing. And maybe use, I don't know, code words. But this scene directly yeah. parallels a moment in New Hope when Luke, Han, Chewbacca, and Leia are stuck in the, the Death Star's trash compactor. I was going to say the Darth compactor? I mean... Yeah. <laughs> Skywalker yelling at 3PO through the comm link, but the droid's device is left idly on the desk. Like the aforementioned back to tank scene, Obi-Wan Kenobi's framing and direction is deliberately similar to the corresponding Star Wars original trilogy sequences. There's a running Star Wars joke of stormtroopers mentioning T-15s, T-16s, or other similar Ts. Precisely what these items are remains ambiguous, but stormtroopers love discussing them nonetheless. When Obi-Wan Kenobi is hiding in the corridors of the Fortress Inquisitorius during Part 4, a stormtrooper is walking past uttering something like, You get one of his T-15s? This follows the previous episode's mention of a T-16 by the stormtrooper on Fresh Transport. Maybe it's like their pay grade. I don't yeah. know. Just... <laughs> I'll have to look on Amazon see if they're available. Yeah. <laughs> We just really don't know what it is. So if anybody knows, because they deep-dived into the entire Star Wars history of every book out there in comic and video game and da-da-da-da-da-da-da, let us know, because I'm sure somebody has an idea. I just put it into Amazon. It says T-15 salt cell replacement. <laughs> what the heck is, <laughs> the heck is that? Oh, it's a device that goes works with your pool. Aha! See? They're underwater. Oh, they're there you go. Maybe he has, like, a whirlpool in his room. You don't know. <laughs> all right. Well, who are all those dead Jedi in the fortress? I'm assuming they're dead. I mean, they oh, look pretty just captured in the moment, which is even worse. But yeah, to his maybe. horror, Obi-Wan discovers the fortress in Inquisitorious basement packed with preserved corpses. You're going to assume they're dead. Of deceased Jedi. And some will surely be familiar to the Star Wars faithful. When Kenobi first enters the chamber, the pointy-headed guy to the immediate right looks like Coleman Hodge, who appeared in both Star Wars Episode 3 of Revenge of the Sith and Star Wars The Clone Wars. Easiest to identify, however, is Tara Sanud, which I really wish I knew who the hell this everybody was. Can you <laughs> put names on them? Like, I don't know, Victor yeah. Jack, something so I know. Also hailing from The Clone Wars, Sanud's corp is the braided small alien Kenobi looks at directly. And names of the remaining Jedi Bodies are open to interpretation, but some viewers believe Mace Windu can be spotted in the upper left corner, but that has been possibly disproven. I found this online because everybody's talking about, oh, it's Mace, it's Mace, it's Mace, but he still has his hand. Right. And if we remember, that was cut off because Star Wars just loves cutting off hands. Hands, yeah. <laughs> everybody's going to lose a hand in this. So that is about 99% disproven. I think. But you know, they rewrite everything anyway. Right. And the kid that we were talking about, sure as heck seems like one that was in the very first episode, but if they're killing all of them, why did they suddenly grab one kid? But, something else pointed out online, which I don't think we were talking about, was, if you look at it, there is a young girl that could be Reva in that group that ran off, so maybe Reva was so pissed off she like, take him, not me, kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> You know, one of those bodies they went by in Amber, we'll call it that. I, I the, the camera kind of lingered a little bit. Remember the guy was had the path base, and Obi-Wan foolishly said, you don't know what the Empire is capable of? And he goes, yes, I do. My wife was Force-sensitive, and she's right, gone. Yeah. I wonder if that was her. Right. Oh, that's a good one. 
they're not going to tell us who everybody is. That's why I'm like, I need a plaque. I need to know who they yeah. are. <laughs> By the way, yeah, a T-15 is a snub rifle. It's heavier than the E-11 blaster rifle that most of them carry, but it was uh, rendered obsolete in the new rifle is a T-16. Oh, good job. So now they're just like comparing firearms? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> My mine's bigger than yours. <laughs> yeah. Oh, hey. It's like, hey, oh, you got the old model. It's like, okay. <laughs> Let's go back to the dead Jedi, which just sounds depressing. But in Obi Wan Episode Four, it is very reminiscent of Star Wars Rebels Season One: Rise of the Old Masters. Ezra Bridger and Kanan Jarrus infiltrate the Spire to rescue Luminara Unduli but only found her remains, which was really depressing if you watch that. Mummified remains, even. Finally realizing their mission was a trap all along. Obi-Wan's Easter egg implied that Luminara's body might have been moved from Fortress Inquisitorius to the Spire for the very purpose of catching Jarrus and Bridger. Is this supposed to be the same timeline? Like, I'm, <laughs> like, I am so confused with the timelines with some of these, but I guess that's a whole other story. I bet somebody has it plotted out. Oh, yeah. Send us your PDF. <laughs> yeah. Because you know that's a big, long one with everything. Obi-Wan Kenobi Episode 4 Torture Scene owes a, de- a debt to three separate scenes from Star Wars Pat. Shades of Adult Leia, tortured on New Hope, springs to mind. But the chamber also bears a strong likeness to where Rey was almost interrogated by Kylo Ren in Star Wars The Force Awakens. And finally, the Fortress Inquisitorious Torture Chamber made an earlier appearance in none other than Jedi the Fallen Order. I am telling you, I now need to get this game. <laughs> it's like so many things are in this, and somebody's going to be like, that was like PlayStation 1 or something. <laughs> I will find it. I want to play it. I wanted to see it. Can, I'll find a walkthrough and just watch it. Yeah. <laughs> That'll work too. And we're not done with Easter eggs, people. Oh, no. Facing Darth Vader on Mapuzo, Obi-Wan Kenobi's lightsaber combat was sloppier than Grogu's blue puke. As Ian McGregor's Jedi takes down Fortress Inquisitorious Stormtroopers in Part 4, shades of his master Sorosu, Form 3, visibly creep back. The rust is slowly starting to shake loose. About time. Tala tries averting Revis. Suspicious gaze by telling her Obi-Wan Kenobi and the Path are both located on Florum, a Star Wars planet first featured in Star Wars The Clone Wars Season 1's Doku Captured, an Outer Rim territory and home of the pirate Hondu Onaka, Florum makes perfect sense as a Jedi hidey hole. I totally <laughs> forgot Hondu lives there. Yeah. Hondo is hilarious. Yes. Obi-Wan Kenobi's Fortress Inquisitoris May not be a hive of droid activity, but an R-type astromech and an Imperial mouse droid can both be spotted. These sightings come during Obi-Wan and Tala's daring final hangar shootout with Princess Leia in tow. The poor mouse droid doesn't fare well. I still don't understand why they have mouse droids. I love them. Yes. But I don't understand that. Yeah. (laughs) When Wade and Sully arrive in T-47s to assault Fortress Inquisitorius and rescue Obi-Wan, Leia, and Tala, they're wearing helmets and pilot goggles, very similar to the gear eventually used by Rebel Alliance pilots. This small detail teases how the underground movement will eventually evolve into a fully-fledged resistance during the years between Obi-Wan Kenobi and A New Hope. Wade even gets blown up in his cockpit just to complete the Rebel comparison. 
Wow, that was a stretch. We didn't have to blow him up to understand yes. the rebels. <laughs> <laughs> and Darth Vader is predictably displeased by Obi-Wan Kenobi and Princess Leia's escape and begins force-choking Reva in revenge. Vader's habit of remotely strangling employees was first established in A New Hope when a brave Imperial officer demonstrated a disturbing lack of faith. Did he ever. <laughs> laughed about and joked about on so many things, the best being Robot Chicken Star Wars. Yes. <laughs> if you haven't seen that, watch that one. It's hilarious. So episode four is basically a New Hope Death Star rescue. Obi-Wan Kenobi sneaks aboard an Imperial base to rescue Princess Leia, who's under interrogation and torture as the Empire seek information regarding an underground resistance movement. Darth Vader is hanging around in the shadows, and the good guys dress up to avoid detection. Stop us if you've heard this before. From start to finish, Obi-Wan Kenobi Episode 4 is essentially the Death Star rescue mission from A New Hope Revisited. But there mm. was no trash compactor. Yes. <laughs> Maybe and it was it. underwater, not in the Yeah. Yeah, that was that's where they dump everything into that water hole. Yeah. <laughs> Someone forgot to flush this. <laughs> so I'm looking at a timeline on Reddit. There's a lot of them. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And, he, and he's got it divided into five sections. The first one is Follow the Jedi, which includes Episode 1, The Phantom Menace, Episode 2, Attack of the Clones, then The Clone Wars, then Avenge of the Sith. Episode 3, then he moves on into Reign of the Empire, which starts with the Bad Bat, then Jedi Fallen Order, then Obi-Wan Kenobi, for watching, and then Solo, then the Age of the Rebellion, which would be Andor, then Star Wars Rebels, then Rogue One Star Wars, the Empire Star Wars A New Hope, the Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, and Battlefront 2. Wow. That's really... <laughs> so the New Republic is with, yeah, that's right, the Mandalorian and Boba Fett. And after that follows the rise of the First Order, which is Star Wars Resistance, Star Wars The Force Awakens, Star Wars The Last Jedi, and Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, he's got it plotted pretty well, I'd say. Yep. Now, what about all the books? <laughs> oh, no, you don't. <laughs> and what's canon anymore? That's the next question. Yeah. Everything's been changed, so it's kind of crazy with that. So, let's do some ratings. Sean, do you have a rating for this episode? Oh. <sighs> I am going to give it three and a half out of five really bad disguises. <laughs> <laughs> I did like it because I liked how it's pushing everything along. It's just some of the things are like, mm, what? Okay, I'm getting through it. I want to know what's happening. And like I said, two more episodes. I don't know how we're going to get where I think we're going to end up. So it's like, mm, it's going to be a bit of a stretch. So I did enjoy it, though. Even just for what it is, I don't. You know, do super deep dive. So three and a half. Okay, Sith Lord Steve. <laughs> I gave it four out of five. Wow. He's back. <laughs> <laughs> so nice to see Obi Wan at least display a little of his abilities in this episode after getting his backside wiped by Darth Vader in the previous episode. So yeah, nice tight thirty minute episode. I. Hand waved all the stormtrooper issues, so. <laughs> <laughs> so everyone's anticipating a rematch, right? A fight between. Oh, yeah. You, there's got to be a rematch. Yeah. Now, so it'll come out a draw, or there'll be something that will allow Obi Wan to escape, but. Yeah. We'll have to work on that. Yeah. See if we can anticipate what's going to happen. I, I wonder. This won't happen, but I hope it does. I hope during a fight that uh, they do escape and Obi Wan 
is much better in his fighting skills, and he, and he chops off the mechanical hand of Darth Vader. <laughs> you can always replace it, but then just give him that look like, see? <laughs> that would really piss off Vader. Oh, like, yeah. Wow. you got to have – he's got to do so something mean. that will oh, really yeah. upset Vader because when he does get on the Death Star, Vader just goes whack, and you're gone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No hesitation there. Yeah, I hope that happens. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's going to be – more of a taunting, like, Padme died because of you, or something. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I don't know what's worse. That would be worse than getting your hand chopped off, I think. Yes. And he's basically <laughs> flipping them off, like, flying away. It was your <laughs> fault! Yeah. But your kids are safe. Oop. Yeah. <laughs> Let's not mention the kids. Yeah. Well, I, I found this episode a little too convenient for me, you know, so I only gave it two and a half out of five sewage hauling speeders, because that's, that was their original <laughs> configuration, was to haul sewage. That's what the cable's for. <laughs> All right, we do have some feedback. Our friend Fred has finally caught up and is <laughs> giving his his feedback on a weekly basis. So let's hear what he thought of episode four of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Hello, Steve, Dave, and Sean, and all listeners to the Fangirl Zone. This is Fred from the Netherlands with some feedback for Obi-Wan Kenobi season one. Episode 4. I gave this episode again a 9 on IMDb. Although if you look at the average score for this episode, it's a 6.4. Whereas the previous three had something like 7.5 around that. I really don't understand why this gets less. Although it's a little bit a classic Star Wars team, just with a very small Jedi crew in, in a stronghold of the enemy of the Empire and then still being able to get out. A lot of tension and action there, really good, but on the other hand, really classic Star Wars. And perhaps that's the reason it gets less on IMDb. On the other hand, IMDb scores are famous of being not very representative the actress Vivian Lyra Blair, the 10-year-old actress that plays Princess Leia, does a magnificent job here. A big role in this episode and I think she even tops uh, the previous performance in the previous episode. One small nitpick, when Obi-Wan keeps the water out before the glass breaks and then eventually it does break and he runs and Tala closes the doors to the other corridor. In that other corridor there is not a drop of water on the floor. I think that's quite unlikely. And the second thing, uh, perhaps question, is that if the tracker is in Laia's toy robot, Riva says to Lord Vader, it will follow him everywhere. While if Leia is dropped on Alderaan with her toy robot, it will not follow Obi-Wan. Okay, that will be all. Greetings, all the best. Fred from the Netherlands. Well, Fred, well, I, I, will, <laughs> I will beg to say that IMDB has gotten a little lax in their uh, security and the haters are just going in and bringing scores down. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah, I really think that that's, that's what's happening with that, Fred. I hate to see it, but it happens. There was a movie out recently, and I wasn't a year ago, that was rated so highly, it was nearly perfect, and so people got on there to make sure they can knock it down a peg. Yeah. I forgot what the movie was, but good grief, find something else to do. Exactly. He's right about uh, the 
the child actress that plays oh, yeah. uh, She's Leia. Amazing. She is terrific. Yes. She is terrific. Yeah, so funny, <laughs> yes. too. Clever. I just wished they had found that in the child actor for The Phantom Menace. They played, yeah. Uh, yeah. Hey, you know, young hey. Anakin. No. Uh, you can only do so much with, you can only do so much with the script you're given. Come on. Oh, really? <laughs> Come on. Well, everyone else seemed to be doing all right. Okay, what's, what was the name of the other character that nobody liked? Mecha. Jar Jar? Yes, Jar Jar. Okay, point, point taken. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and the water thing. The water thing I think I brought up, too. Yes. Because, yeah, it's like, really? There's nothing? Nowhere? (laughs) Yeah, because that was it was already, like, at least a foot deep before she even got the door closed, so. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Well, glad you liked the episode, Fred. I think you did as well. It was definitely a Star Wars escape where stormtroopers can't hit the Broad side of a barn again, so. <laughs> Can't mess with the tradition. Nope, not at all. So, appreciate your feedback, Fred, and looking forward to hearing what you think about the last two episodes of Season 1 of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Thanks, Fred. Thanks, Fred. All right, well, we'd love to hear your thoughts on each and every episode this season. Our deadline for feedback is 6 p.m. Eastern every Friday during the season. You can send your feedback via email or audio to contact us at fangirlzone.com. Please review and rate us on iTunes and any other platform you use for your podcast. With good ratings and reviews, it helps other fans of the show find us, as there are plenty of other Star Wars podcasts out there. Tell your friends, and I hope you're enjoying your po- our podcast. And don't forget to check out the other great Fangirl Zone podcasts. You can head over to www.fangirlzone.com to check everything out, including our contacts page, which has a myriad of ways to get a hold of us. We are basically everywhere. So, <laughs> want to shoot us a tweet, shoot us a Facebook post, shoot us your timeline of how everything falls. We will be happy to read it and reply. And for this episode of the Mudhorn Clan Cast, this is Steve. Is this a staring contest? This is Sean Fangirl S. Are we in Star Wars or are we in Jurassic Park with this Amber stuff? And this is uh, one of my best guard, Dave. <laughs> and and when I woke up with uh, Tala the next morning, I looked at her, gave her a wink and said, are your covers still intact? <laughs> there is nothing wrong with your internet. Do not attempt to adjust your settings. We are controlling the podcast. We control the squealing and the screams. We can make your heart flutter, your eyes blur from tears, or sharpen your mind to crystal clarity. For the next hour, sit back. We are in control of what you hear. We repeat, there is nothing wrong with your setting. You are about to experience the awe and mystery known as the female mind. You are now entering the Fangirl Zone.